hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. This is Sonia and joining me tonight is Mila. Hi, Mila. Hi there. On today's episode, the poison chalice. No, literally. (laughs) Now, this might not make sense to everyone, but that's an English idiom. The poison chalice is something that you get that you think is good, but then causes you some awful problems. This one is quite literal. Just a poison chalice. Yep. I only read the title of the episode after I saw the episode. And I feel like I'm going to start doing this in every episode because it makes me happy to know the title of the episode, but I don't want to read it before because I risk seeing the synopsis and also pretty much giving away what the episode is about. Speaking of which, what a good segue. The synopsis for today's episode is the witch Nimue plots her revenge on Merlin by posing as a servant girl and infiltrating a party in Camelot to poison him. Oh my God, it's literally the entire episode. (laughs) I mean, it's not. I'll give them that it only gives you the first 15 minutes because you don't know what happens after that. Ah, that's true. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. I don't know what else you would say to this episode anyway. Like a witch infiltrates Camelot and plots revenge. Writing synopses is hard. So we open this episode much like last week. Nimue, over some water, doing a spell. I really like it. I like that they get a pattern going here. I appreciate this. I'm not even going to let you get to this before I get to it. It's going to be me this week who talks about the props. It's all the chalices. I'm just obsessed with I'm like, oh, I want those. Oh, I knew. I'm a nerd who collects crystal goblets, so I want those chalices for myself. You know, somebody get me the email of the props person for this show, please, or like their phone number, whatever contact you have for us, please do it. If you have one, write to us, write to us on Instagram. Just tell us what it is. Yeah. I mean, we'd love to talk to anyone associated with the show because I love to interview people. I did get a degree in journalism, so I should probably use that. But I would love to talk to anyone involved with it. But we do have a particular yen to talk to the people who did the props. We're not even like, I want to talk to the stars or the creators. I'm like, I want to talk to the props person, please. Yep. I'm 100% with you as everyone has heard in the last three episodes because I'll never shut up about it. Yes. We open with Nimue. I don't have much to say here because I'm excited to get to the next point where we have another thing that we saw in the pilot, which we both loved. A long, long walk down the Great Hall. Yes! It's so dramatic. There's so many knights. With capes in different colors. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. They did the the red against the blue is so, like, yes. Like, give me the primary colors. Give me the capes. The triangle formation. Like, amazing. Amazing. Love. Love. I'm going to date myself. It's like the the flying V of the Mighty Ducks. Yep. Everyone's now going to know exactly how old I am after that (laughs) reference. All the young people will be like, what? Huh? Yeah, I loved it. So dramatic. So great. So cinematic. I lived for that shot. I was so excited when it happened. And Nimue's there. It doesn't take us a beat to be like, she's just staring at Merlin. She's not subtle at all, ever. Because this happens throughout the episode where the second someone turns around, and stops looking at her face, she does like an evil smile. If they turn around again, they're going to see you smiling. (laughs) Also, her eyes are like neon blue. So you can see who she's staring at from very far away. It's bizarre. It's very blue. Obviously, they're contacts. They're beautiful. They have to be contacts. If those are her real eyes, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm sorry if those are not. I did not research her because 
I'm not allowed to research anything Merlin for now. That's so funny. I didn't even research her and I've been wondering for days. If those are her real eyes, that's unbelievable. But I don't think that they are. We see everyone in the Great Hall. We know she's out for Merlin. Merlin is helping Arthur get ready. This red suede jacket with the popped up collar. I don't even know why it works, but it does. I love this line of, doesn't every feast end up in a food fight? I'm like, wait, I want to live in that kingdom. <laughs> they do? <laughs> I did not know. I they, That's exactly my question. Do they? Really? I want to try that. I want to go to a Camelot feast and have a food fight. I'm not sure that's exactly true, but we do get the ceremonial robes of the servants of Camelot. <laughs> Something that Arthur is getting so giddy about this whole thing. He's very happy that Merlin is required to wear a ridiculous outfit and it's great. I don't know if I saw any other background actors in that outfit, but I'm pretty sure Merlin's the only one. I watched it and I actually paid attention. I was like, where are the other servants that wear this? And there are none. So I am not sure if that's an actual thing or if Arthur did that on purpose. I feel like it's a prank being played on Merlin because Gwen's there in like a yellow dress. She's not even in the Camelot colors. She's just like chilling. <laughs> and it's weird because I feel like Nimue is more Camelot colors than even Gwen. And I'm like, why, why are you wearing that color? Like, what is going on? Yeah. I really enjoyed the Nimue costume. It's funny because she stands out from everybody else that she's with. She's standing out a lot for a servant, but it's it's a pretty great costume. So Merlin's there staring at Nimue like a dum-dum. He joins Morgana in the pantheon of falling for the bad guy immediately. Idiocy. And totally shoots down Gwen, who <laughs> walks away from him and goes to stand with Gaius. Because he's just fawning over this chick. And she's like, I'm out of here. Literally in my notes, I have, ugh, Merlin, why? Shush. That's what I wrote. Don't say things like that. What? Read the room. Poor Gwen. I feel so, so sad for her. She's so dejected. So do I. Because she's my favorite. Yeah, I knew you'd be heartbroken for her. Because she is your favorite. And she looked so sad. Another great understated acting bit because it's not like she telegraphs that she's mad she just kind of moves away and merlin's what 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 just happened okay whatever so we get into the poisoning scene wow arthur just immediately i'll drink it like he does not want merlin to drink i'm like what are you doing because he again we're back to what we were talking about two weeks ago he believes merlin yes he believes him and is very upset that he's going to drink it yes and he but i don't understand i'm like why is why do you guys have to drink it at all? Isn't there any other way to figure it out if this is poison or not? Why does somebody have to drink? I don't understand. That is interesting. And I had a terrible thought to myself where I thought, isn't there some animal we can give this to? And then I was like, no, don't give it to an animal. That's bad too. No, I mean, oh, come on. Gaius can do a lot. Apparently he's like, he's responsible for keeping people alive in the kingdom. And there must be some way that he can figure it out, some kind of potion, if that's just poison or not, without somebody having to drink and die. Also, because we know this, it's an entire full petal of something in there. It's not like it's a discrete powder that's dissolved or anything. There's like a giant petal. Anyway, whatever. This is just how things go in Camelot. Mostly because Uther is just a piece. All right. He insists that Merlin drinks it. I do love a line that comes up right around then. Yeah, what's that? 
that he doesn't let Lord Bayard drink it because he goes, if it does prove to be poison, I want the pleasure of killing you myself. And I'm like, I, which feels like overkill, can vibe with that. That's hilarious. It's hilarious because it's overkill. And it makes me think of a line of Merlin many seasons from now, spoken by another character that sticks with me out of the whole show is one of the lines that sticks with me the most because it is so overdramatic and it's disdain. So Arthur carries Merlin over to Gaius's rooms. The Scooby gang is here. All right. Definitely having Scooby gang vibes in this scene. We're just missing Morgana. By the way, Morgana's clothes, amazing. The thing in her hair, everything is amazing. I want that outfit forever. Love, go, go on. Look, we can get into this because there's something else that I'm obsessed with and you see it in this scene and I'm sure you haven't noticed it, but you will notice it through the show. Arthur has a ring on his thumb that I'm obsessed with. I want this ring. It's, it's like really thick banded and has a spinning ring on top of it. I want it so badly. Again, props people. I guess this is not a prop. This is costume, right? Jewelry is part of, part of costume usually. No, jewelry is props. So we want to get into this. So yes, uh, jewelry is... In the production world, everybody, jewelry is wardrobe until it is featured as key to a scene. So if someone's like, where? I left my sunglasses here. Where are they? It's important that I get them back. Now they are verbally part of a scene. They drive a scene. It is now a prop. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It's very nuanced. I know everyone wants it. I know that. It really is. I didn't notice the ring, but I will track the ring. I've been tracking the scarf and it's always there since you told me that it was always there. So it's not going anywhere. The scarf will be there. The ring will be there. So it takes Gaius two minutes to figure everything out. I actually counted the seconds between Gaius saying certain death. It takes Arthur less than 10 seconds to say, I'm going. Because I have to save Merlin, basically. I'm going. And he says a line I love. which because I love it because it's so telling about who he is. It's such an Arthur line. It sounds like fun. Oh, that's true. That's a nice line. It's a great line. I'm going to say it now. I really struggle to find a favorite line of this episode. So what I have for this episode is a favorite exchange, a favorite moment. Because this is what comes closest to my favorite line, I think, is just this sounds like fun. Because it's a very telling of who this person is. It's not that the line is amazing, but it is amazing and what it says about him. But literally less than 10 seconds between this is certain death and yeah, I'm going. Pretty fast. Fast decision making. And of course, he heads into a confrontation with his father. And this is my first why are you the way that you are moment of this episode. Uther, why are you the way that you are? Because he does something egregious here. He basically calls Gaius a fool, which makes me want to scream. It's a fool's errand. Gaius is involved. That's what makes it such. Yes, he does. Grr, arg which is a reference to Buffy that some will get. So yeah, Uther is just trying to get in the way. And he does make a valid point. I will give it to him. The one thing he says that's valid is, you're going to be king. You're going to have to get used to people dying for you. Yes. Like you're going to send people to war. People are going to have to like stand in front of you and like take the brunt of you going to battle. Okay. Five of us could ride out, get the stupid flower and come back. Right. What I wrote is that I can see where Uther's going there. I can see where he's going there because, you know, he finally admits that he will die eventually and Arthur is going to be king and he can't die. I get it. I'm like, I'm all for this. I understand your worry. I understand that you want to li leave your kingdom to your son. And I also agree with you. I really like that exchange that Arthur says, I don't, I can't let him die for me. And he says, you just have to get used to it because it, it will be the first person, but you won't be the last. 
he's right, but he's also still massively wrong because this is this is needless death. Arthur is right. This doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to die for me. Oh, no, no. I didn't say that Luther is right. Of course you didn't. <laughs> I just said that I saw his thought process. That's just what I said. Clarifying here. What we're saying here, we both are saying, is that Uther makes a valid point for once. Doesn't make him right because he never is. <laughs> Correct. But, you know, Morgana steps in. And does a little bit of her, like, psycho... Like, she's just, like, the most manipulative. And she uses her powers for good, but she's a good manipulator, especially of men, it seems. She's very good at manipulating people. And she does give it to Arthur again. She's like, well, do you, like, want to listen to your daddy? Or do you do you want to, like, be a man? It's basically, <laughs> she's like, do you think they want someone who makes their own decisions as king? And we get to something I love, which is Arthur riding across the land on a horse obviously a stunt guy riding across the- it's very pretty it's very pretty the music is epic the scenes are beautiful i love it you know this i'm a huge westerns fan this is the stuff i live for i just want to see someone riding a horse across a great field and expanse off on a quest the photography is really good just him liking full armor is really good everything together is just really beautiful so arthur goes off on his quest and we see gaius and gwen the buddies of the episode, because there's always like some buddy system going on in this show, it feels like, right? Yes. I feel like I'm going to add Gaius as one of my favorite characters since last episode. So now it's Gaius, the dragon, and Gwen, which, you know, I miss the dragon in this episode. Can I just say this? Where is the dragon, everyone? No dragon in this episode. There's no dragon because let's get into it now. This episode is interesting because you do this in writing. You take your main character out of play and see what happens with everybody. And then everybody else has to figure it out. Right. Everyone else is having to make up for Merlin's slack. Arthur's having to sneak out and ride out. Gwen's having to be Gaius's helper. And we get so many awkward stares between Gwen and Gaius as Merlin continuously is speaking in magic tongues in his sleep. And Gaius is like awkwardly looking at Gwen who keeps awkwardly looking back at him. It's like, it's just a fever. Don't you worry about it. It's no specific language whatsoever. Nothing to see here. I'm going to give it to Nimue, okay? So Arthur goes all action hero mode. He rides out on his quest, goes from action hero saving the girl because that scene is awesome good for him nice little tumble roll on the ground with a sword i love it very smart use of not putting the cgi against the actor look that was very smart it was very smart because yes he did fight this creature but it was so well shot it was just so good it was so good they were so smart with the use of the cgi and him fighting i didn't feel like I missed like an actual like physical fight between the two of them. That scene went through and I'm like, oh, okay. Like this satisfies me. Yeah, I got, I got it. I got the fight choreography. You kill the beast. Yeah. And he's playing it smart actually because he's been warned. One drop of venom and you're dead. So really trying to keep the distance. He's trying to stay away. The one thing that I'm like bizarre is that Nimue, she's trying to say like, oh my God, I'm hurt. And she keeps sitting on the log that's like five inches from where they're fighting. Like, wouldn't you just step away? See, that's a, she almost gives the game. She's, she's both very smart and very dumb. The reason I started on this whole thing was I want to give it to her because Arthur then goes to total fucking fool because he falls for this like helpless maiden in the woods act. I don't know if I blame him, but I'm like, uh, just takes a woman to bat her eyes at like the prince. And here we are 
He believes her. Fine. I'm glad he believes her, but still, ugh. I'm going to give it to her. Her plans are pretty solid. She takes Marlon out of commission, lures Arthur out there, and almost starts a war. She has some solid evil plans. She definitely planned this out very carefully. I don't know how long it was from the last time that she did this and she failed to this time, but she clearly just like scrapped those plans. She's like, that didn't work. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to do this again more carefully and see how it goes. Clearly she's getting further with this plan. She's learned her lesson. She's, I'm not going to say that's typical of the bad guys in this show where when they try again, they haven't come back better or stronger or smarter. But Nimue does. This was a really good plan. I have to give it to her. And they go into the cave. And again, I'm, I'm there watching these actors with these freaking torches. And I'm staring at the cave ceiling now because I'm paying very close attention to the fact that there's a, there's a fully formed cave around them with a ceiling just four feet above their heads in these torches. I mean, Arthur changes the torch of hand at one point and it's just like, whoosh, the fire is so big. I'm just going to say that it didn't have to be that big. I don't know why they made the torches so big, but it looks awesome. I'm just glad everyone is okay. Nobody caught on fire. I did worry about her cloak. I was like, oh God. So many clothes. No, not a good idea, but everyone is okay and it looks really good. And we get Arthur out on that little ledge and it gives me such Indiana Jones vibes. That whole scene, the music, just being out there walking out into like a thin ledge. And I love Indiana Jones. But Nimue does that thing again where like he walks out into the ledge. The second he looks away from her, she's like evil smiling. <laughs> I'm just like, stop. She's This actress is very good at this like evil little smile. Aren't you afraid that anyone's just going to turn around and like see your face? Don't you want to keep your act like... 100% of the time so people actually believe you. Like if Arthur just turned around for one second and be like, what are you smiling about? Awkward. <laughs> and he, oh, poor Arthur, he jumps for his life and is hanging from this little ledge with how many pounds of armor and chainmail I do not know. Manages to take his sword out, <laughs> fight a spider. Of course, it's giant spiders. Every single show that's like magical. <laughs> you can't think of one that hasn't done giant bugs, right? Look, I have to say that in four episodes, we've hit a lot of fantasy checkboxes here. A lot. I have them. At the end of the episode, I'll, I'll go through them because I took the time to do this because, you know. We'll go through them. Okay, cool. I love that. <laughs> but she makes the classic villain mistake here. The writers have written the classic villain mistake into the show. I think I can go with it, but it's such a trope. The bad guy who leaves before you're dead. But she seems to know something about his destiny. So like, why does she keep trying to kill him? See, that part I didn't understand. So she knows, does she know how he's going to die? How does she know that it's not her that kills him? She must know something about the future that we don't know. Why can't she kill him? And then also, why did you lure him out there then? <laughs> what was this all about? What are you trying to accomplish? Wait, what? You're not going to kill him? I, what was this all about? I'm confused. I am. But she does make the mistake. She's like, you're going to die, I'm sure. I'm like, wait, did you just say it's not he is going to die or he's not going to die? I don't understand what she was expecting to happen after she left. I mean, I think she was expecting him to die. But my question is, why can't you just kill him? That is my question. I need that explained. Why does he have to be spiders and not you? I can only say so much. So I can't answer any questions usefully. Whatever. Whatever. People who are listening to this, who've seen it already, 
are screaming right now. <laughs> Just so you guys know, I feel that Sonia has a similarity with the dragon who never gives me straight answers ever about anything that I ask. So I'm just just letting you know that because the dragon is my favorite character, I'm being very patient. I'll take that as a compliment because you love the dragon, but it's also kind of an insult because he annoys me. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is, unlike the dragon, we know that I know and we know why I won't say anything. My motivations and wealth of knowledge are very clear. I'm just saying, I'm not convinced that the dragon is always functioning on these perfect motives. Okay, I'll give you that one. I want to say everything also. This is torture for me. I want to say everything I know right now. Don't say anything. So speaking of knowing things, good thing Gaius sends Gwen away again because Merlin does the most stunning piece of magic we've seen him do in his sleep. Amazing. Because that means in his sleep, he's watching Arthur, doing the spell work, and, you know, dying. Still in a coma, he's worried about Arthur and trying to save him. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. It is. It's very sweet. I wrote magic in his sleep. I love it. This is the most powerful we've seen him, which is interesting because he's not aware he's doing it. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say that. There's something to be said about how much of Merlin not being able to execute things sometimes is his own self-sabotage, lack of self-belief, fighting against him. Yeah. Because we've heard talk about how powerful he is, but usually like he's doing very minor spells with some difficulty. This scene always makes me think of how powerful is he? Yes. And he doesn't even realize it because he's he's doubting himself. And I feel like he, he seems he seems like he's always self-conscious about trying to fit into castle life. He said in the beginning of this episode that he has never been to to a feast like that. He says that to Arthur and he gets very excited when Arthur is like, oh, you're coming to this one. And you can see it in his face that he's so excited and it's so cute. It's very adorable. I love it. So I feel like he's very self-conscious a lot of the times and that gets in his way. Yeah. He's also trying to hide it most of the times. This one, he's not trying to hide it because he's in a coma. He's fully using all of his power because he's not trying to do it in a concealed way. He's not afraid that he's going to get caught. Yeah, there's a lot of unleashing happening right there because there's not a lot of reasons to not do it consciously. And also, you bring up a good point from earlier. Very smart casting. One of the most innocent faces I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> They're just dying to sacrifice themselves for each other. He's in his sleep yelling, just leave it, go, save yourself, kind of. Just leave the flower, just leave it, just leave the antidote. You sacrificed yourself for him, and now he's trying to sacrifice himself for you, and now you're trying to sacrifice yourself for him. We're, like, going back and forth a lot here, guys. Like, okay, can you both stay alive, actually? So, yes, they're both just dying to save each other, literally. They're dying to save each other. It's very sweet. They're clearly bonded, because I think that's why Merlin can see him. Yes, and they can feel it, obviously, because they can feel it, and that's why Merlin can they he feels this connection this is why he can send the light to help arthur so he helps arthur without arthur even knowing it arthur rides back in a fury which i love this stunt rider and this horse just cutting through shit they just book it for the castle i love watching it what a great ride and we cut to the dungeon <laughs> like that got out of hand fast He's like, I'm the prince. And then it's like, cut to the dungeon. Like, escalated very quickly. Well, he gets there to the gate and they're like, well, you're under arrest. 
because your dad said so. Because Uther, why are you the way that you are? Oh my God. Jail? Really? Oh my God. That's the biggest one. Literally, I'm like, ah, what an a-hole. That's what I wrote on my notes because I'm like, are you serious? He came back alive and you're going to do this? You're going to pull this? And he says the worst thing Uther says in the whole episode for me, to be very, very honest. Why do you care so much? The boy's just the servant. You know what? This guy has saved your son so many times. Shut up. So ridiculous. And when he crushes the flower, also he goes, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And I want to punch him in the face. No, absolutely not. No, I don't even have time to unpack this phrase, but it's, do you know, we have a favorite phrase. This is the one that I hate the most. It makes me hate this guy. Yes, this whole, I mean, the the crushing of the flower, and I'm going to give it for giving out awards for all the faces. These actors are so good. The expression on Bradley James, Arthur's heartbreak at what just happened. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I will give this to Arthur. He is loyal AF. He's just so loyal. He's like, he saved my life. I brought this back. Just give it to him. Leave me in the stocks. He's like a spoiled little prince who's like, just leave me here. Whatever. I'll stay here a month. Just save him. Exactly. He accepts his punishment and said, just leave me here. Give me whatever punishment you want. Keep me here for as long as you want. I did all of this. I killed a monster. I escaped a witch. Please just give this flower to the guy that's dying over there. Also, Arthur shows some smarts, which is what I was going to say is a strong suit. This witch is involved. Something happened out there. He's trying to tell him, like, I think it's her. None of this was normal. And you know, you would think that Uther, fearing magic so much, would listen. No, he doesn't. He just doesn't believe his own son. He's like, no, you know nothing. And it just is what it is. The guy's, the boy's going to die and you're going to stay here. Like, none of this happened. Like, you wouldn't, it didn't, it doesn't matter. If you went to pick this flower or not, things are going to happen as if you hadn't gone anywhere. It's not just because we care about Merlin. I, at least I hope you do at this point because you're four episodes in. I think you care about Merlin. I do. I do now. I know you do. I see your face. This just makes Uther such a bad guy in this moment because he's like, I could save him and I'm going to choose not to, to make a point. Not only did I tell you not to risk your life, but now that you came back safe and sound, I'm also going to make the point that it doesn't matter that you came back safe and sound. Everyone has to do what I say because I'm a tyrant. So horrifying. But then we get Gwen coming down there. This I actually wrote in my notebook. Scooby gang vibes. Put it down there. Says that really awkward. Like, I love that line too. That's the line I love where he's like, I don't know if it's any use to anyone. It's so good. How did you feel about Arthur in the tunic in the dungeon? I thought about you. I was like, oh, he's got that. He's rocking that look Mila likes. I know. I really appreciate it. We can keep this. We can, he can keep this look going forever if he wants. I'm really going to enjoy. Yeah. It's one of my preferred Arthur looks. I'm going to say that. But yeah, Gwen comes in. They like do their little like sneaky, sneaky thing. She must have booked it real fast because she got away from the guard. And we get something really special. First of all, okay, she gets to Gaius's rooms, doesn't close the door. Gaius, again, is talking about magic out loud. Open door. Everyone has already heard it. You know. You know how it goes. Whatever. I just can't. Sometimes I'm like, the door behind you is open. He's like, we might have to do some magic. She's like, well, we can't do that. And he's like, you're right. Uh, can you get me some water? Love it. 
And Gwen is so trusting and unassuming. She's just like, okay, we get something really special. Guys does magic. She wants to save Merlin. So she's like, I'm going to get water as fast as I can. And she darts out. And this is my favorite scene. Is that your favorite scene? Because Gwen's there? No, no. Guy is seen after Gwen leaves. That's It's just my favorite scene oh. of the entire episode. I love it so much. I knew you would be excited because you love Gaius, but also it's a very... I don't know. It feels like something like Gaius doing magic feels like a lot. Yeah. It's very exciting. You know, he's done it. It's clear that he has in the past, but it's also clear that he's been following the rules for 20 years. He's forsaken magic for 20 years, but Merlin's life is in the balance. Takes him two tries. Adorable. Such great acting. Look, it's such, and that's why I love this scene. Like, all the props to the actor, obviously, because without the acting in the scene, it wouldn't feel as powerful. And I love it. I love that he starts and that he stops. He hesitates. He he doesn't like he hesitates because he's afraid. He hesitates because he doesn't know if he can anymore because it's been so long. It, there are so many layers. Like it gives me the chills. I love this scene. I watched like I went back and watched a few times Oh, because it's so good. I will say he's, again, doing magic with the door open. I know. Whatever. I, mean, I, can't, I can't let go of it, okay? It's a secret. <laughs> but it is amazing. It's a great scene. I love it. The only real criticism I have, it's not the door. I'd wish they, I wish they'd done the eye effect on Gaius. I wanted to see it. And he did magic with his eyes closed. Yes, that is true. And you'll see during the show, this is an okay spoiler. During the show, there's a lot of times where they purposefully make eye contact with the camera and the actor, even if it's off of their eye line, to, to do the effect for the magic. So I thought it was really interesting that they didn't opt to use the effect. Right. But that's fine. I would have just liked to see Gaius's eyes turn gold for a second. I actually didn't even think about that. I don't know. I was just so excited that he was actually doing magic that I think that I forgot. So then he gives him the antidote and Merlin dies. <laughs> He dies. He literally dies. Poor Gwen and Gaius. What was this all for? And then they both, oh, so sweet. Gwen and Gaius both blame themselves. And the entire time I'm screaming, no, 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 no. This is Uther's fault. <laughs> Don't worry. It breaks my heart when Gaius says I should have looked after him better. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because he honestly feels like this is his fault. Yes. The father-son thing is so strong with them. He feels responsible for him. Yeah. Of course, Merlin doesn't just wake up. He wakes up sassy Merlin. And he's like, oh, that's disgusting. Just can't wake up in a peaceful way, just like coming out of a coma, saying something smartass. Smartass Merlin, my favorite Merlin, <laughs> then gets kissed by Gwen. Oh my God. I was not expecting that. And I was, it was really, it was a really sweet moment because she was so excited. It was so spontaneous. It's so nice. It was so cute. We have to check in again about this. Are you shipping Gwen and Merlin? Well, let's get to the end of this episode because there's some scenes from the next episode that I was like, what's going on here? So I'm going to I'm gonna hold that opinion until the end. <laughs> Go on. We'll talk that, about that in a few minutes. So they cure him. He gets kissed by Gwen. Guys goes to talk to our favorite character, Uther, who's being a total freaking jerk how many times do i have to tell you that i need to talk to you and it's urgent before you listen to me his lack of respect for gaius drives me crazy in this episode yes 
He's like, oh, you're not important. You're an old crazy man that doesn't know what you're talking about. Apparently, you believed him last episode when he was like, this is the mark of the witch that you don't like. Remember that? And he's like, oh my God, yes, I remember that. Uther takes a little too much convincing. What changed from that episode and this one? You know that he, she's back. I mean, guys makes his point. She's somewhere. She's trying. At least, at least he gets through to him. But it takes a little too much convincing for my taste. Because like, I want to punch you there. It does. And then we get a line that I knew was going to probably pop out to you. So much so that I wrote it because it's a big deal because it's more questions. You thought you were going to get answers this week and it's even worse because it says, do you think Arthur should be told the truth about Nimue? I can't even say anything. All I can say is dun, dun, dun. And the whole end of this episode, when I thought that I was going to get more answers, there's just more questions popping up for the next episode. So that's a big question. It's exciting and frustrating all at the same time. Exactly. It's a huge question. Are you kidding me? Yeah, because it's not just, oh, she has history with Uther. This has something to do with Arthur. I'm really glad in this scene they chose to do one of those exposition lines where he's like, well, she can bewitch the eye or she can enchant the eye. Because I was like, none of you recognized her. Honestly. I was freaking out. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. They said that. They, they say that and they fix it. And I'm like, good, good writers. Good job, writers. So the whole time through this episode, I'm like, she's right there. Like, you guys don't recognize this woman. She apparently she caused a lot of problems in the past for everyone involved, for everyone that's there. And no one recognizes her. Guys is this close to her when she sees Merlin in the like the hallway where she drops something before she switches the chalice. And you didn't recognize her. But then I forgave them at the end because they did fix it. So I'm happy about it. I'm so glad they buttoned that up. with It needed the line. That's like one of those lines that you need or else you're in big trouble with your audience because you're like, that's a huge plot hole. I internally bitched about this the entire episode until we got to the end. And I'm like, oh, fine. Okay, I get it. Even I did because I forgot they say that at the end. And I was like, oh, God, why did they write it this way? Wouldn't they have recognized her? <laughs> and I was like, all right, never mind. All good. All good. I'm like, thank you. I trust these writers. They're great. Don't get me wrong, everybody. They're amazing, obviously. This stuff is so hard to write. And I love this whole, like, gang outside of the castle. Like, you have to use the, the castle for as great as it is. So Morgana and, Uther and Arthur are talking. Morgana and Arthur are talking. He doesn't say it was magic, but he does tell her he had help and leaves it very vague, which is interesting to hear him admit it. Like, he knows something happened there, but isn't quite ready to be specific about it right and she asks help from like who helped you and he said i don't i don't know but i'm only alive because of them then we get into an actually nice chat between arthur and uther you get a glimpse of the fact that we we do know one thing the one redeeming quality uther has at all times is that he does actually love arthur that is true i mean his trauma responses and triggers and the amount of self-healing he has to do is monumental and it's a problem but when it comes to Arthur he does love him he says I'm proud of you never forget that although also in my notebook it says stop lying because there's something he's not telling Arthur lies of omittance are the same as lies so I have a whole problem with this conversation because I'm like oh my god Uther's human he's human's nice because he's like oh like you must have been scared like, that must have been really hard for you, this, this traumatic experience. You almost died. 
And then he immediately ruins it right after by generalizing magic and all of those who practice it as evil. And then he goes saying like they despise and they seek to destroy the goodness wherever they find it, which is why this witch wanted to wanted you dead. And I'm like, but is it? Is this why she wanted him dead? Is it? Now, tell me. Tell me more about it. I really wish that we were doing a video of all this because your head shaking is hilarious. You're so angry. Is it? It's not. It's sweet in the sense. It's very human and he's expressing love for Arthur. And it's nice to finally, like, please say something nice to your son. He deserves a modicum of positive feedback from you. He tries so freaking hard for all the things that Arthur does wrong and all the idiot things Arthur does. He tries so hard, especially when it comes to pleasing Uther. Try to recognize how hard it was for him to go against your orders. He just wants to please you and he still went against you because he thought it was the right thing. Yeah, the painful part is that we know he's lying to him. He keeps harping on about magic being evil when like literally Arthur's life was saved by magic and Arthur knows it. Here's the thing. We're four episodes in. Arthur's been saved by magic three times. Episode one, episode two, and episode three. And he didn't know it. This time, he knows it. He doesn't know who, but he knows something magic saved him. He doesn't have the ball to tell Uther, but that's the case. Whatever, I can't even understand it. His father literally cannot rationally listen to someone when they talk about magic. But yeah, like he has to paint everyone as evil because it's easy for him. Also, Arthur goes, oh, like, it sounds like you know her. And then Uther says something about like knowing her heart. And I'm like, oh my God, were you like lovers in the past? Is that what you guys are going to review to me? This is just getting weird and I need answers and I need them fast. And I'm not getting any of them. It's going to be a while. I am not going to tell you when it happens. I'm just going to tell you that don't think it's coming next week. Cool. Now we get into, I really don't have a favorite line, but I do have a favorite moment. And it's just this whole exchange between Arthur and Merlin because we get back into this, the writers write very real moments between people kind of territory that I love so much. Clearly, there's a pattern developing with what I love about this show. Yes, I love the funny, snarky, sassy, and I love the comedy. But these moments that within this fictional heightened world they've created feel like conversations I've had. And this is one of them. I just, the way Arthur comes in so nonchalantly, I'm going to be very clear about this because people will take things whatever way they want to take them. But I'm going to try to be clear about what I'm saying. Actor chemistry is so important. These two have buckets of chemistry together. And Chemistry is not a romantic thing. It's just like you feel like they're really connecting. Yeah. I don't think the chemistry test two dudes who are just supposed to be like BFFs in a show, which they should. I don't know if they did. There's just something there that's so like, aw, they're like besties. Because that thank you, that, that like Arthur's leaving, that's the moment. He stops him. He says, Arthur, thank you. And I thought of you because he says, you too. And it feels like for a second he knows like it was Merlin that sent the magic light yes and like i love the way that he came in just like being a bro acting like he kind of doesn't care you know like i expect you to be back at work tomorrow that kind of stuff and then merlin says that at the end and his you two is to me i'm like yes you can read it as you two for like drinking that chalice for me but you can also say you two because last episode, I said that I thought that Arthur knew that that's what I felt. And, you know, I still think that he kind of does. I'm going to stand by that opinion that I had last week. And I think he kind of does. I, I got to tell you, it took me a second to be like, you too, for the light. 
And then I was like, wait, no, technically he's saying you two for drinking the poison. That I know that that's what they mean for you to read into that, but it's hard not to feel like he's not saying you two for saving my life. Because let's be honest, it's not once. He saved Arthur twice in this episode. Let's just be clear about where the counter is at for this kid saving Arthur. And I love their whole friendship. It's Mila knows this about me. One of the core most important things in my life are my friendships. More than most kinds of relationships, my friendships are just everything to me. So I think I just love that in this scene. Like, oh my God, he's letting himself. Yeah, he's doing the like, oh, I expect you at work tomorrow, trying to be whatever about it. But I feel real friendship. Like he goes there to check on him. And I feel like this episode showed that with Merlin and Arthur. And he also showed it with Morgana and Gwen because Morgana is so sweet when Gwen is really worried earlier in the episode about Merlin. And she said, just go. I know what he means to you. Just go help him. I'm going to be okay. Which is a really nice thing to do. And I felt I felt like you felt about this end of the episode. I also felt in that moment because I was like, oh, they're really friends. Like they, she really cares about Gwen and she really knows that that's very important. And she knows that a dying person is more important than undoing her hair. So it's okay for you to go. I'm going to be okay. I can undress myself. Yeah. I think I notice it more with Arthur Merlin because Arthur doesn't let those moments happen. But like we said last week, isn't afraid to admit that her closest friend is her servant. She doesn't feel a weird way about that and she's okay with it to the point where like she just sends her off. Morgana is so sweet in this episode. I noticed it over and over again, just how sweet of a character she was. And then we get, we close on, uh, of course, their dinner. Uh, you know how I love to close on a Gaius and Merlin dinner. And Gaius points out what's happening here. Like, oh, you wanted someone to notice you. They've noticed you. Uh-oh. And before that, I just want to point it out that before that, I thought it was really sweet that Merlin acknowledged that without Gaius, none of that would be possible. He wouldn't be alive. And he knows that Gaius saved him by doing magic. And Gaius is like, shh, shut up about it. Keep eating your food. Stop talking. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It makes me so happy because it makes Gaius so self-conscious that somebody else acknowledge or like knows, has any idea that he did magic. He's like, don't even mention, don't talk about it. I don't want just eat your food. Keep eating your food. There is something very, I'm not even, no spoilers, but there is something special about guys doing magic ever in this show. Like it's just, don't expect it anytime soon. But yes, you must expect that it will happen at least one other time. And I will tell you that at least one other time will be pretty fucking spectacular. I hope that it happens more than just one more time. I mean, I don't actually know. Don't tell me anything, but I hope so. No information at all. No information. I'm so helpful. Just like the dragon who you so, so missed. But see, everyone got everywhere they needed to be and did all the things they needed to do without some stupid riddle. Whatever. Leave the dragon alone. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say this. Leave us alone. At this point, you're, we know your favorites. At this point, my favorites are Arthur and Merlin. I'm trying to be objective of at this point because I'm carrying that from just the whole show, of course. But no spoilers. My favorite characters don't even exist on the show yet. My true favorite. And it's not anytime soon. It's like in three seasons. So whatever. 
I have to sit here and not be able to talk about my favorite. That will be a while. It's going to be a while. Yeah. So it was a really interesting episode to me because they did, they did the take the Merlin out of the equation. It's so interesting because episode one was a setup. Episode two is like Arthur and Merlin like getting closer. Episode three, they split them up. Episode four, they kind of take Merlin out of the equation and everyone but Uther is there to save him. Morgana, Gwen, Gaius, Arthur, they're all on the same page immediately. There's no question. Yeah. Everyone jumps in to do whatever they can do, whatever they are able to do to help save Merlin. Yeah, that's how much they like him. It's very sweet. It's so sweet. This show's very sweet. It's nothing but sweet. Let's be honest. Warms my heart. We have next week on Merlin. I mean, they say this. This one gives away a damn too much for me. <laughs> I watched the coming next week and I was like, Jesus, that's the whole episode. Great. Literally, I have it on my notes in all caps in two exclamation points. Lancelot is here. What? I don't have caps, but I have underlined in three exclamation points. It's Lancelot. It's episode five and we're on Lancelot. What? Number one, what just happened? Number two, Gwen is immediately in love with another person. How? Number three, giant bird, another staple of fantasy. Thank you very much. I love it. I can't wait. It's even more of a fantasy staple because of what it is. I think I can spoil this for you. It's a Griffith. Oh, I figured it looked like one. Yes. Total fantasy thing that we love. Lancelot's there, which is a huge deal because yes, you can try to put out of your mind that you know Arthurian tales, but it's hard not to be like, holy shit, Lancelot's here. He's the most famous knight of all time, right? There's no more famous knight than Lancelot. Exactly. And it's huge. He just shows up. He appears. He was there before. Is he there now? Like, what is going on? I need answers. So many things. So many things. I'm so excited for next week. We do need to talk about this. We'll have to get into it for real next week. But there is a little bit of like Gwen Falls for everybody. <laughs> like anyone who looks at her. Well, I don't blame her. People are really attractive in this cast. I mean... This actor is gorgeous. Very. If you haven't seen BBC's Musketeers, please do. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. I love him in that show. I have loved The Three Musketeers forever. It's a personal favorite tale of mine. In every version, I bounce between having a crush on Athos or Aramis. Depends on the version. He's gorgeous. Like, of course, you're going to cast him as Lancelot. Whatever. <laughs> yes. Whatever. It's literally only the fifth episode next week. But by the fourth episode, we have had of fantasy staples, magic, spells, spying on people through water, like a water mirror. If you're looking for the word for that, it's scrying. There you go. Thank you. A dragon, spiders, clearly giant birds next week, poisoning, and a quest. Like, how much better can this get? It's only the fourth episode. Yeah, it's a lot of fantasy staples. They know how to hit them right, though, because it doesn't feel worn when they do it. I never feel like, oh, this fantasy thing. It really doesn't. Well, that happens for me for one moment in, in episode six, but only because it's a fantasy thing that makes my skin crawl. No spoilers. Uh, Yeah, episode six, something happens that makes my skin crawl. And I'm like, why does every fantasy show have to do this? But hey, you know, that's just my personal preference about not seeing certain things happen on screen. But yes, it does hit things, but never makes them feel like old. No, and it doesn't feel like they're trying to check a little box, you know, like oh, magic spell, check. Or like dragon, check. It just feels very natural. It's just like I'm mentally checking boxes in my head because that makes me happy. Makes me happy seeing all of these things. It's only four episodes and I'm really pleased. Plus, I got the bonus extra of doing chores with magic. You got the you got your favorite out of the way early, I would say. 
yeah, you're, I mean, I can't believe you're only four episodes and there's so much to see and experience in this show that you have no ideas coming. I feel like we've been doing this forever. I know. I feel like we're 10 seasons in. When you overanalyze every second of a TV show, <laughs> four episodes feels like a lot. It feels like eight episodes because not only did we watch it, you're watching each one twice to do notes and prep right. for everyone at home. You can't just watch it and like get on air and talk about it in a podcast. I'm glad you like the show. I love it. I'm look, I'm very excited for next week. Can't believe I have to wait a week for this, but you know, it's just my job in this podcast. I mean, I can't believe you have to wait a week for Lancelot. It is your job in this podcast, and it's my job to have to bite my tongue constantly to the point where it's just uh, painful. But yeah, we'll see Lancelot next week. That's exciting. That's like of the previews that could come up where you expect like you heard Lancelot. You must have been like, holy shit. Yes. Holy shit. Also, because the first line of next week on Merlin is Merlin saying Lancelot saved my life. I'm like, what the hell happened? Is that the line? Is there a line like that? I think it's Merlin, right? Oh, because it's very fast. The very first scene, very, very tiny scene, and they just like fly through. But I think it's Merlin yelling at somebody, Lancelot saved my life. And I'm like, what? Huh? When? What is going on? There's also something we didn't talk about in the next week. Merlin gives himself a pep talk. Oh my God. I love that. It's sweet. That always kills me because I'm like, that's me. That's me also. It's a fascinating thing to do this. And thank you to anyone who's listening. We appreciate you. I hope you enjoy this. And I hope we hit all the things we're supposed to hit. If you would like us to talk about something specific, please send us a message we love or Instagram DMs. DM us, please. If I'm obsessing about a ring too much and people are like, um, yes. And we're still working on getting deleted scenes. And I'm excited. Lancelot's right up there with them. Yes, it's huge. It's a huge, it's a huge character. And I cannot even believe that they introduced him so like nonchalant on the next week on Merlin. They're like, just by the way, this guy's here. Especially because Arthur's not king. So many things are going to happen next week. All right, everyone. Have a good week. See you next week.